still doing this yeah right who would have thought andrew this is um technically our christmas episode even though that's not what we're going to be talking about i figured we could do a christmas episode or what are the holidays really about right reconnecting with people getting together and so we're we're talking Mm. with a very old friend today we'll bring him in here in a few minutes true but the theme of this comes from you know connectiveness and being together with people the best way we can in this wild right. year so right and if we're being completely honest chris and i don't really know a lot about the other holidays that aren't christmas because we were only raised celebrating christmas so i don't want to be embarrassed and say something wrong about hanukkah and spell it wrong and stuff so we're just gonna not talk about any of the holidays but happy holidays to whichever one you're celebrating exactly happy holidays merry christmas and be safe and enjoy it and Let's uh, let's look forward to a good year next year. So, yeah. Andrew, with that being said, why don't you tell the people who we are and what it is we do here on Talking with Andrew and Chris? Well, as the name and title suggests, uh, Talking with Andrew and Chris, you're going to hear Andrew and Chris, being me and him, uh, talking to each other and various other people about various things, you know, holidays, music, whatever. That's pretty much it, I think, just music and holidays for the most part. But um, <laughs> I mean, lately, yeah. yeah, but we're in the season where starting with Halloween, you get one a month. It's pretty cool. Right. It is kind of cool. At the end of the year there, they're like, hey, you made it through the year. Here's a bunch of holidays. And you're like, OK. Speaking of making it through the year, this was certainly, I would say, a bit of an up and down year for our show in regards to us as the creators. But in regards to the, the audience, I mean, the numbers never faltered. So again, yeah. as we've been saying in the past few months, we're going to continue to make good on that promise. We're going to continue to be consistent and not only continue to deliver on the, the ty- type of content that we give you each each week, but we're going to give you more and more coming into the new year. So expect that because Andrew and I are going to be getting back to music in the new year. We're going to be doing more than one show a week on this channel, and it's all because you guys. So thank you again so much. Um, Getting the Christmas themes type stuff out of the way early because we do have a killer <laughs> interview lined up for you guys today. But we just wanted to once again say thank you. It means a lot. And we're here for you. We're not going anywhere. So, Andrew, with that being said, do you want to jump into this thing? I would love to because I just want to get talking to my friend. Guys, yeah, so I figure it'd be best suited for you to introduce this guest. Okay. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, you might already know who we're talking to. But if you don't follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. Also, today we are lucky enough to talk to one of our good friends, which is enough of a reason to be excited. But on top of that, he's an incredibly talented musician. He's one of the smartest dudes that I've ever met. He is probably going to end up in space. So I'm going to know someone who's in space. (laughs) So nana nana poo poo to all of you who don't. And... 
he's I don't know. Listen, what else can you say about him other than he's he's Cameron Bird? And he hasn't aged a day since the and last time. And he literally we saw hasn't him, aged a day. Before we show him, <laughs> think about the last time you saw him, he's about to look exactly the same, except what he's wearing. Cool. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one and only incredibly talented Cameron Bird to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, gents? What's up, dude? I love the I love what an intro. Um, and I, I definitely agree. I think I, I still have the baby face that everyone remembers, just uh a little bit more peach fudge here and at the bottom, but <laughs> how's it going, guys? Me. Of course, man. Once I saw that you posted your new song, I immediately texted Andrew and I was like, yo, first off, have you heard it? It's straight fire, as the kids say. Sure. Then I asked Andrew, did I use that terminology correctly? <laughs> and he said I did. And then I asked him, I said, hey, man, so who's reaching out to him to get him on the podcast if he's into that kind of thing still? <laughs> and so here we are. Thank you, man. Here Thanks for awesome. not only the amazing song, but coming on and spending an hour of your time with us today. We appreciate it. No, of course, and thank you guys for having me for sure. And uh, it's it's an honor to to have you guys listen to the music. It's you know it's weird putting out a, a song after five years of kind of uh, radio silence, but it means the world that um, you know you guys listen to it. You've been uh, staying in contact and to get to see your faces and uh, and discuss some of this stuff. Yeah, man, we certainly have a lot to get into. This is a bit of a catch up for all of us. It, it's True. been a while. Life takes you True. in different directions, and so. You know, it's not that you lose you, you lose friendship with people, but you lose touch. And, and so I'm really glad that we're sort of back here reconnecting. And that is not only the power of music. I think that's the power of sort of our shared history together, especially you and Andrew. I mean, you guys have a lot to get into here. So before we really start to unpack your history, where you've been at, and, and how we got to this interview today, how have you been lately, man? I know it's been one hell of a year. For everyone, yeah. <laughs> right? I think, uh, like most people, my my COVID experience is probably not all that that different. Um, you know, I'm with my my family, my parents right now in Virginia. Um, you know, quarantining, staying safe. Um, fortunately, where I am at right now is it's pretty easy to socially distance uh, or social distance. You know, it's it's far enough south of like DC that um, you know you can go for a run, you can work out, you can you know do outdoor stuff and not have to worry about uh, getting sick. So that's been nice. Um, and then God, I mean, there's so much to to catch up on over. It's been about five years really since we've had a full on catch up sesh. You know, I know there's been some texting yeah. and stuff that's happened since since I went to college. But yeah, uh, we've we've met up in Heroes of the Storm a couple times. Right. Yeah. Via, maybe via gaming. Uh, but other than that, you know, there's been so much, so I don't even know where to begin, but it was, it's been a, a good five years. Um, you know, college was an awesome experience and, um, I got everything out of it that I, that I hoped I would. Um, and yeah, just looking to the future, excited for things to come. Damn, Sweet man. Five years. That's so crazy. Like you did a whole college, like since I saw you, I remember that yeah. that was what you were going to do. And I did one whole college. You did a whole college. Uh, yeah, half. so. Cameron, I think I do know where to begin, and I think it should be at the beginning, you know, because we know you really well, and I'm sure some of our audience does, but I'm sure a lot of our audience, this is their first time meeting you. So you're a musician, but they might not know that other than the fact that we we mess, you know, we referenced it, and they also might not know that you kind of did something wild and chose to career pivot in the middle of quite a successful musical experience. So I kind of want to get people up to that point. So why don't you take us back? And I mean, all the way back to way when you were young and you first heard music and, and got started on this crazy path that you've been on, if, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Like so if you can uh, still remember before the Dukes, that's what we're uh, looking for. Yeah. So I, I saw a light and I became, no, um, so pretty much, <laughs> 
so so yeah so i had a you know um a pretty standard i think good childhood growing up in washington dc i'm from i'm from maryland a small oh not so small town called silver spring uh maryland and um really my music journey began in high school. Uh, I mean, I, I started playing guitar when I was really young, like many people, but I never really took it super seriously. It was more of just a hobby, fun thing uh, on the side. And and uh, when I reached high school, I met uh, some kids. We started a band called The Dukes. And like many, this was during, you know, as, as I know you you two are very familiar with, the, the pop punk scene, the pop punk era. Um, now, sadly, in the past, but maybe there'll be resurgence. <laughs> And uh, they, the guy, the guys in the band, like, kind of opened my eyes to the music world a bit. They were really talented musicians, and they good close friends uh, that I met when I, I'd actually tr- transferred schools in tenth grade. And they took music really seriously, like, like that was going to be a career, like this was a serious thing. And that was the first time that I kind of saw music as an opportunity to, to be a career and not just a, a hobby, um, because so many people, you know, know the industry has such a bad name. Um, and probably, you know, rightfully so. So, um, so we started like playing shows. Uh, that was my first time playing like clubs instead of, you know, just like backyards, we started playing clubs and opening for bigger bands and, um, sending, you know, recording music. Like that was the first time we actually recorded stuff, went into a studio. Um, I remember we rented, like we we paid like $800. We scrounged up $800, such a big deal. Uh, and got like an eight hour session at this major studio called Omega Studios in DC. I don't know why we did it. You know, at the time people couldn't have just like logic on their computer and like make music. So that's true. Listen, it's the same reason that Tyler and after September spent the money to go record an album at the record studio that, uh, who was it? Breaking Benjamin recorded phobia. Oh my God. Yeah. It was exactly like that. It was exactly <laughs> it was like sick. <laughs> this is like, yeah, this is like where Michael Jackson recorded his albums, like just ridiculous. And, and of course, you know, $800 only gave us like eight hours. So we were trying to do three songs, in eight hours, rushed the hell out of it, you know, ended up with like an, an okay, uh, you know, result, but it was just, it was just funny looking back on. And uh, anyways, fast forward to a few years later, um, I'm a junior, you know, uh, in high school and it's approaching my summer of junior year. And we play the show with this band called Action Item, which um, mm. some people listening may remember them. Uh, they were a popular kind of in the pop scene, um, young kind of boy band scene uh, at that time. Twenty, This was 2011, I believe. For those who don't know, also one of the members of that band, Anthony Lee, went on to manage Halsey, if you know who Halsey is. Yes. Yeah, what a small world the industry is when you, you hear real. that, right? Like, oh my <laughs> God, um, I'm, I think he's pretty stoked. Um, but yeah, so my, my old band, the Dukes, we played a show with them and this was the first time playing a show with like the fangirl, uh, the pop fan base, which for many people, if you don't know, is like the best fan base ever. Cause the fans are so hardcore and, um, support the band so much. So we ended up getting, yeah. if you think right? cocaine makes you feel like the man, you should try playing a show for a bunch of 14 year old girls who are so stoked to see you there. Oh, uh, it's, un- it's unbelievable. Nothing else like it. And, uh, and, and yeah, so we got a couple of fans from, from that show that ended up going to, they were also fans of a band called all-star weekend, which another, you know, throwback band name. Uh, now we actually have to, you know, introduce cause people don't know them anymore, but I know, but the bass player married to the singer of echo Smith, another connection, crazy, another weird one. <laughs> and the keyboard player is the tour manager for Steve Aoki. So yes, Dylan. Yeah. Also people, killing it. People make it, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. It's really, a, when we say music is a small world or entertainment is a small world, it really is because um, you never know who's going to just like get a, an awesome gig or awesome setup. I mean, we, and a lot of the people who worked with Hollywood Ending ended up doing incredible things. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll maybe get into that when we, a little further in the story. And uh, anyways, pretty much to the fans from the Action Item show, made flyers for the Dukes, my band, and then went to an All-Star Weekend show, passed out flyers. We didn't even, they didn't even tell us they were doing this. They just did this. Um, two of the flyers got to their management, All-Star Weekend's management, Richard and Stephanie Rains. And I know that's a, you know, kind of an iffy thing, but uh, <laughs> in hindsight, but uh, pretty much, yeah, they got it. They, uh, Richard had reached out to the, you know, our band seeing, you know, listen to the music, which is kind of like who does that, but awesome. And um, we went and met up with him, played him our music. He liked me. He said, look, um, I want you to audition. I know this is a long story, so stick with me here. This is like the detail. We got plenty of time. Um, but pretty much he said, this was during when All-Star Weekend actually ended up, uh, had, had separated from Nathan, their guitar player. Uh, like this was happening at the same time. And Richard and Stephanie, you know, All-Star Weekend's management was looking for a guitarist to replace Nathan in the band part-time or full-time. Um, and so they were like, hey, why don't you audition? You can record yourself playing All-Star Weekend songs. Uh, send, send us your demos, you know, how it sounds and, and we'll see. We'll get back to you. And so, and I'm like, I'm like 16, you know, I'm really young. Those guys were like 21, which at the time, you know, compared to a 16 year old was a big gap. Um, and, uh, but I ended up making it to like the final three people for that slot. And uh, Richard and Stephanie were like, okay, we want you to fly out to LA. You're going to audition in person with the band. You're going to play with them at like this rehearsal studio. Um, and we're going to, you know, see if it's a good fit. So I went out there. It was like me, this guy from Glee, who's like a, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, what, who am I? This high school kid. And I'm, I'm auditioning against this guy. who's literally like a star. Um, and some other guy. And I auditioned in person, met the guys from All Star Weekend um, and, and then left. And pretty much Richard and Stephanie said, you know, we really, we really like you, but you're too young to be a part of All Star Weekend. It just wouldn't, we don't think it would fit well for, for touring. And they were about to go on tour with Selena Gomez. So I, I was kind of bummed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I didn't get that, but they said, look, we stay in LA. We want you to meet these other guys who are your age. Uh, we're trying to start this new band. That's kind of be kind of like a baby all-star weekend. We have all these connections at Disney. Um, so you guys won't have to, you know, you already have a good setup. And so come, come, uh, meet these guys and, and see if you can hit it off and, and play some of these B-side all-star weekend tracks. So met up with Tyler and Dan, um, for those who don't know Hollywood ending to, to the guys in the band, uh, the guitarist and the lead singer and uh, jammed to like these, these uh, B-side All-Star Weekend songs. It was One Wish and um, I'm So Over You. Oh uh, man, you One me. Wish. Yeah, was, what a banger, dude. I know, classic. Uh, shout out to Jarrett oh. for, and Linus <laughs> for that one. Um, yes, Linus of Hollywood. If I had One Wish, it would be to see one more Hollywood ending concert. And that's just <laughs> the truth. To be completely oh, honest yeah. with you. I, I, you know, I could definitely see it happening someday. Listen, it's, there are definitely still girls out there that are hoping for an all the way tour part two still <laughs> to this day. Oh man. I think it'd be, it'd be probably harder to get all-star weekend together than it would be for the Hollywood ending boys. But uh, you know, who yeah. knows? I think weirder things have happened. True, um, true. And, and especially with, with the world we live in today, you never know what could, what could, what could happen. So true. 
Um, so anyways, yeah, pretty much that's how Hollywood Ending met, which became the, you know, the band that I'm most known for. Um, we ended up Skyping Chris Bourne, the British guy in our band, the bass player, um, and meeting him because he was still in London at the time and auditioned, made it to Radio Disney's next big thing competition, which now Radio Disney is gone. So like, that's crazy. True. All right. You want to feel old. That's weird. Yeah. I, time has flown, but, um, but yeah. And then, and then the rest is history. We ended up touring with action item as Hollywood ending. That was a full circle kind of moment. Uh, and then uh, all-star weekend. And then, you know, the rest is history moved on to do headlining tours and open for the Janoskians, McBusted, a bunch of, um, you know, British acts and uh, toward Japan, toward Japan. Yeah. Denmark, Sweden, good memories there. And, um, and then, yeah, so, so did that for five years. Um, this is like my whole life story, uh, but you guys asked, so if you miss it. That's what we want. Man. Toured, uh, toured five years with Hollywood Ending. I uh, had time in my life. It was an awesome, wonderful experience. Learned a lot, grew a lot, um, and decided kind of while I was, while I was towards the end of the band time, I, um, I really wanted to, I started reading a lot more, you know, on, you know, those long drives in the van, you, you, you don't have much to do. You either make music or you read. I uh, started reading like astrophysics books really weirdly. Um, and like, I wasn't a nerd growing up. Like I, I really was not like a, like a STEM uh, student in high school at all. I was a very average student, but, um, but I think like with sci-fi movies, like interstellar, that kind of opened my eyes to like what's possible and like, you know, relativity and all this cool stuff. Um, and so I started reading about it and then I started, and I'd always love space, like space. I think everybody's like looking up and they're like, what is the universe? Um, so I kind of, as I got older and my, you know, desires changed a little bit, I got really into uh, space and, and I knew that I wanted to experience college, you know, to get the normal college experience before I got too old to do it. And so um, it was, you know, a good time came in the band to kind of take a, a little break and, uh, you know, discuss it with Dan and Tyler and Chris. And they were all supportive and pretty much decided um, I applied to University of Miami and a couple other schools um, while I was on tour. I remember I actually applied to University of Miami, the music school there. They have a really good music school. Um, it's called Frost. I applied on tour and I Skyped. Like you actually have to audition to get into the school. So I auditioned. I played Perfect by Hollywood Ending, you know, that, that our song. and uh, So good. And I played that with acoustic on, on FaceTime pretty much with this professor to get in and, uh, and ended up getting in and, uh, transferring to engineering while I was there and, and pretty much studied engineering, aerospace engineering for, for five years um, in college and, and just graduated uh, last May, um, May of 2020. So it's been good, man. It's been a good life so wow. far. All I can nice think of you. when you say the end of that story is that you're just like the guitarist from Queen. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that as well. It, it is very Brian May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, are you familiar with his uh, sort of journey? A little bit, but not, not, you'll have to fill me in a little more because I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. So he stayed, he stayed with the band, but a lot of his time was, and this is a big reason why they, aside from Freddie Mercury's sort of health issues towards the end, they didn't tour a lot because, and that's why I hate that movie, by the way. It's really not the Queen story. It's the Freddie Mercury story. There's a big problem with trailers and that's a, whatever. That's another episode. That's a different podcast, but basically he was a part of England's, uh, top scientific team funded by the government to sort of propel the study of, you know, space and physics and whatnot. And he was a brilliant mind. And so that's kind of why he and Queen were so sporadic in regards to their touring. And they were kind of more of a studio project towards the end, which is when he kind of got on this team 
And it, he was like one of those guys where his country called on him and he was not going to not answer the call, you know? So it, it kind it, of <laughs> it took him away. It's just, funny. it's just funny to think that like Queen was like, yo, Brian, we got to go be Queen. And he's like, right, I'm in the lab, though. I'm kind of busy. And then <clears throat> Hollywood ending is like, yo, Cameron, we're still Hollywood ending. Like We could still tour. And you're like, yeah, but I'm trying to go to space. It's like, <laughs> well... I mean, if when you've toured the world, where else is there to go but space? Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's honestly, it seems just like the logical next step. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love but, that. That's a, I, I, I'll take that answer any day. And I mean, that's really interesting. I, I think that people, it's kind of a subliminal pattern that you don't really notice, but like, there's a big connection between music makers, creative minds, and and space lovers and STEM. You know, uh, physics, like you said, engineering. Um, there's a lot of like astronauts like Chris Hadfield is a very famous Canadian astronaut and he's also very famous because of his, you know, his music and, and uh, YouTube stuff. So I think that's funny that you mentioned that. I didn't know about that. Uh, but you know, any, anytime I can relate to some, you know, member of queen, I think that's, that's pretty dope. Well, I mean, listen, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can't turn that down any day. I've, I've heard plenty of songs that you've written while living on earth. So I would love to hear the first song that hits you when you see space in person. <laughs> Cameron, all I want to say is no pressure. I'm sure everyone's going to be hitting you up for it. We don't have to be the first, but when you eventually write and record the first ever song on the International Space Station, please come back on the show. That would be great. I, right now, you can hold me to it. You can bring it to the bank. I'll, I'll be back. Hell yeah. That'll be a Talking with Andrew and Chris exclusive. Is that the goal, man? What, what is, now that we've kind of went through the history of the music, what is the goal in this trajectory of wanting to become an astronaut? You piqued your interest on tour. Obviously, those long rides, you can't always have the same conversation over and over again. We've all been there. We all understand that. But to turn to education and to not pivot to another musical project, I mean, you have to have had some sort of roadmap panned out for a long time because not everyone, people leave bands to go back to college, sure. People walk away from creative careers to do business or, or something on earth, but no one sets their sights literally to the sky. So what's your <laughs> hope and what are you trying to accomplish when you inevitably become an astronaut, because I do believe you will do it. So, so what's your plan with all this going forward? Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think, well, I think it's first is worth noting that um, there's no way I would be trying, you know, to go after this goal and, and would have made it as far as I have, um, you know, just like professionally on the engineering side. Um, if I hadn't done the band stuff, uh, it's not like they were two, even though they seem like they're totally separate paths, um, the, the lessons I learned, the maturity, the, the values that I took from Hollywood ending days, um, certainly play a role every day in my life and, in kind of recognizing that, you know, you only, as far as we know, you only have one life, uh, on this planet. So you kind of have to make the most of it. And also that like, you can, what, what Hollywood ending really taught me was, you know, from the kid in high school who, who didn't take music seriously to succeeding in, in my at least by my own standards succeeding in music playing you know playing able to play an arena sold out arena was like is like a huge milestone for me um it taught me and it kind of tricked you know something in my mind into believing if you have determination and and work ethic and a little bit of luck um you can make anything happen any any goal and so the only thing that i i kind of saw is like you know my one life on earth what is the one thing i want to do um more the one thing that was more than be a rock star musician was space. And so um, that is, you know, it's, I think it's worth noting that music will always be a part of that. And it's not like they were just two separate things. That I just decided to go to one uh, versus the other. Also that, 
you know, I want to be able to keep music a part of my life. This is partly, you know, um, why I just released a, a new song um, after five years of kind of radio silence is because, um, you know, that is always going to be a part of my life. I'm always going to be passionate about it. I'm always going to miss it. Um, you know, people always ask, like, do you miss that lifestyle? Do you miss, you know, making music? And of course, like every day. So uh, I think, you know, this isn't, this is kind of an indirect way of answering your question, but um, I think music will always be a part of it. And so even though the paths are different, I think um, it's worth noting that now with respect to like the path that I'm currently on for, uh, you know, getting to space, how do you get, how do you become an astronaut? Right. That's the first question. You're like, okay, I want to be an astronaut part one done. I know what I want to do. And that's the hardest part. Then it's how do I get there? Um, and space is one of those things that's changing a lot, right? You, you, if you look back and you do some research, um, which is a good first step to like the sixties, uh, the right stuff era. It's a great book. If you haven't read it by Tom Wolf, um, where, where astronauts just started becoming a thing, you know, space travel became a thing, test pilots. That was the way to become a, um, a astronaut was become a, an air force or Navy or military pilot, a fighter pilot, then become a test pilot. And then, you know, vector into a astronaut spot, you know, and, and, you know, pass all the medical stuff, all that fun stuff. Um, and it was really because it was all this, you know, they needed this mentality of like these, these really uh, disciplined, healthy, um, young individuals who could do it. However, now like, you know, SpaceX, hopefully you guys have been following some of that stuff. That's become such, you know, pop culture. Um, my roommate is obsessed with SpaceX, bro. Yeah, dude, every me. launch, every <laughs> launch, he comes home and he's like, "Is there football on tonight?" We're like, "No," and he's like, "Okay," because there's a space launch at seven thirty, and we're watching it. And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, man, I listen to he Joe Rogan, it. so I'm like half informed on everything going on. Well, and it's true, awesome that true. SpaceX has been able to really connect with the public market. I think even better than um, than NASA. You know, make people really excited about space again. But, um, but with it, you know, the reason I bring it up is because it's changed how people have looked at space. Um, you know, this whole idea of no longer being just pilots, but also what's called a mission specialist or like a scientist on board who, uh, you know, doesn't have flying experience, doesn't have uh, military training. There's also, you know, teachers and um, medical professionals that are now becoming astronauts. And so it's, it's changing. And by the time I become an astronaut or apply, you know, it's, it's, could probably be a whole nother world. Um, but the way that I, I think the advice that NASA would give or, or space agency would give and the advice that I've taken to heart is, you know, do what you love. What is the best way that you could have a filling life um, and still not, and not become an astronaut? You know, if you didn't make the cut, I still be happy with the decisions you made. What, what is the path that would work for you best? Do that. And then, you know, if the pieces fall in place, then they do. And so for me, um, that was engineering. So I, like I said, I, I did an aerospace engineering in, in uh, college and I, I love planes. Like when I was in Hollywood ending still, I started getting my private pilot's license and then I finished it in college. So I can, you know, I can fly planes now. Um, and I love a little bit of the thrill seeking. I, I think there's a bit of a misnomer that like uh, pilots or, you know, uh, astronauts have to be thrill seekers. That's not the case. It's, it's always, um, you know, very cautioned, uh, calculated risk taking, but, um, right. but I, but I love that stuff. I, I got my scuba license in college. I got my skydiving license in college. So I have that level and that's led me to want to go the test pilot route. So I'm currently training to become, you know, long-term a test pilot, uh, and get to fly some really cool planes and do also include the engineering in that, um, eventually get my master's, maybe my PhD and then, uh, and then apply to be an astronaut and, and see where the, where the cards fall. 
Wow. Nice, man. And I, is, you know, is the goal for you to be a NASA astronaut? Or do you want to go to SpaceX? Do you want to just see what your options are when you get to there since it's kind of a ways away? Like, what are you thinking? Well, you know, it's a good question. I mean, it's, it's the first time you can really ask that. You know, we're living in a, in a time where, where private companies are, are starting to become very capable, um, especially SpaceX and what they've been doing. Uh, but um, for me, you know, I love NASA. I've done two internships with NASA at NASA Langley in Virginia. Um, I just love the culture and the people. So, and of course, you know, NASA has a great track record. They've just set so many records and, and pushed the envelope. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm only sticking with NASA. You know, it's not like I wouldn't trust uh, another company. As long as there's good engineers and uh, SpaceX right. has some good engineers, um, I think it, I'd be open to anything. It's more of a matter of, you know, have they done their homework? And, you know, are they willing to, uh, you know, check all the boxes for safety, but also still push mm-hmm. the envelope and, uh, and, and chain, you know, do courageous things, then, then I'm all for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I follow this, uh, YouTuber, Mark Rober, who's, he used mm-hmm. to be a NASA engineer and he just is always talking about how awesome it was to work at NASA and how great everyone at NASA is and how like he, he makes like these crazy builds, like a dartboard that automatically gives you a bullseye and like a liquid sand hot tub or some crazy shit like that. He's always doing crazy things. But every time he's like, my buddy's at NASA or like when I was at NASA, I was developing this or like NASA was the coolest place to work because like I'm a genius and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. But I think, <laughs> I think that you would fit in well at NASA cause you're very like, I mean, besides just being a dope person and really smart, you're like, you're not one of those guys that like is the smartest person in the room as far as like your attitude goes. And you know, you're just willing to learn, but you also like know what you're doing. And that's like, but not a lot of people have both of those things in the room, but you are I also think, at uh, least the top three <laughs> smartest people in the room. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, I think it's always a, a rule of thumb that I follow. And I, I think is good advice for anyone is always be this dumbest person in the room. Surround yourself with people who are so True. smart because that's, that's how you learn. And uh, at the end of the day, if you're not learning, then you're probably doing something wrong, whether it's music or space, you know. So yeah. definitely, definitely Fair not enough. the smartest person in the room if I, uh, if I can choose. <laughs> Cameron, you are such a pro because I was going to ask you at some point in this interview, looking back on your career as a, a traveling musician, was there anything you took away from it? And you got there. I knew you would. And I was just like, I'm going to meet out and let this guy get going because you're still a seasoned pro to the uh, the entertainment game. And, and I think that's important because not only did you release some new music, but when you eventually go to space, people are going to want to interview you. So <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to see that. It's now, true. I do have a question for you, man. What does an astronaut hope to achieve up there, though? Why no. go up when people have already been up and are going up quite consistently you know what do you hope to contribute mm-hmm. to your question. field that's a great question god i feel like i'm i'm prepping for the you know the nasa candidate uh, <laughs> interview process right now good good uh, what can you I, bring to space right right why space <laughs> um so there's a few there's a few answers to that question and you know for the sake of brevity i'll try to summarize um first i think exploration is in the in the blood and in the instincts of all mankind it's a gift to be able to explore for the sake of exploration, um, whether it's like climbing Mount Everest or, uh, you know, flying planes for the first time, you know, going into the sky. Uh, man is, I think, kind of born to go outside of its comfort zone and to do things that it shouldn't be able to do. Uh, like man shouldn't be able to fly, but we can do it. Um, and space is no different. And water is no different. Um, however, I think one thing that's really important to talk about and is probably not discussed enough is how much space technologies or technologies that come about from space research 
uh, affect our everyday life. I mean, things like MRI, GPS, um, you know, things that we take for granted in everyday livelihood that we have and use every day, probably most of the day, um, all originate from space uh, research and from, you know, our capabilities. And so, it's it's not just for the sake of exploration, like going to Mars would be really cool, yes, but it's also because the lessons that we learn along the way will inevitably affect everything we do um, in a significant way uh, that will impact everybody from somebody in a, you know, a third world country to, you know, think look at Starlink. I mean, what Elon Musk is doing for SpaceX now, which is bring internet to the world uh, via satellite. I mean, that will change the entire world, the planet as a whole. And there's not many industries that can do that, um, especially in a short time period, like a generation or um, a decade. Totally. Yeah, he's one of those once in a lifetime thinkers. I would have to go out on a limb and say, not that I am too well versed in um, (laughs) geniuses, but I mean, to me, he seems like the second coming of like an Einstein or someone like that. And, and, you know, you're speaking about the privatization of space. Uh, Jeff Bezos also is uh, his ring in the hat as well. So yeah. it seems like you're you're kind of in, in at the beginning of uh, a renaissance, at least from my sort of, you know, keep up up to date on the news. And so this these topics will come and go in circulation. But for right. someone who's a casual sort of reader of this type of thing, yeah, like Andrew and I, it seems like you're getting your, your foot in the floor of something that uh, really – in our lifetime, we'll see sort of tri- triple and, and quadruple into just like a budding industry. And right, you know, here's, he, listen, and here's what Chris is getting to. At what point can Chris and I pay an exorbitant amount of money for you to fly us to space? Right. I mean, probably pretty, pretty soon. It's a good, it's a good question. And I, uh, you know, they already are selling tickets to like the moon. I mean, it's pretty. Things you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't think <laughs> things you wouldn't think would be visual bit um, are happening now. So I think it's just a matter of time. Probably in our lifetime, we live in a really exciting time where probably in our lifetimes um, it will be possible to pay for a, a ticket similar to. Um, I mean, and you just look about like a hundred years ago, the idea of flying commercially, not even a hundred years ago, less than that, uh, flying commercially, getting from here to Europe in a you know couple hours of is was an insane thing. It was like impossible. It will never happen. And so I think space, even though it's a, it's a different problem to solve, it's a similar problem. And, you know, in a hundred years, 200 years, I think it'll become the the normal to be able to do a trip to the moon um, or, mm-hmm. you know, low earth orbit, you know, like the space station and right. just check it out. And, and uh, so, so hopefully, so hopefully soon for, for well, right. And going off of that is like, there's so much more, like there, they give you so much news, you know, like we just found this on this rock or like, we just managed to fly this far or something like that. And like, they give you that news and everyone's like, wow, this is crazy. But then I feel like no one ever really goes into why. Cause like when they found water on Mars or they found ice on Mars or whatever that was, like, everyone was like, this is insane. And everyone was thinking like, oh, if there's water, then there's life and we can live there. But then I just learned like two days ago that what that also means is that if there's water on Mars, you can separate the hydrogen and oxygen and effectively make Mars like a gas station so that you can fly to Mars and then get to Mars, refuel and then keep going. And like, that's something that I literally never heard anyone say until a couple days ago. And I'm like, why aren't we talking about that? That's crazy. So if I just learned that about news, that's like over a year old, like what else don't I know that's already known that like would blow my brain out of my skull from like, we can go to space tomorrow. 
Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I think it's yeah. crazy. And I'm so relieved that you're the one from Hollywood ending, like trying to get to space. Cause I don't know if any of the other guys could do it. No diss to them, but like, so yeah, Cameron, before we jump to um, something else I'd love to talk about, is there anything that we sort of left unturned in your journey or in regards to, you know, you and this new career that you're about to really, I'd say now that you've graduated, jump into full force no um i think i covered most of it i i guess the only other thing i would mention is that um i think science or stem or you know math they they're they kind of trigger words for a lot of people because a lot of people you know when you, you hear people say like what subject did you suck at the most or what subject did you hate the most a lot of people say math or uh you know something science related and i think what i would urge people is like i'm I'm proof because of my, you know, my high school experience before that I'm proof that like anybody can study technical disciplines. Um, if they want to, if they, if they try, if you make an effort, uh, and you, and you try to look at it from a different perspective than somebody telling you to do it. Um, it's amazing how learning physics and math can change or anything, biology, chemistry, it can change how you look at the world in a really beautiful way. And I wish that more people, um, got excited about science and didn't look at it as like a chore or like, I can't do this. Like, this is too complicated. It's over my head because that's how I looked at it before I went to college. And the only thing that changed my mentality was a really strong motivation and determination to learn it. Um, and so if I can do it, I'm proof that anybody can do it. Uh, you just have to, you know, watch some YouTube videos, buy a textbook and, and, and give it a go. There um, it is. There so that's, that's awesome. that would be the last thing I would say about that. Okay. Actually, real quick, before mm -hmm. we move on from this topic, does that box behind you say flight rudder pedals? And if so, do you have an entire setup for your flight simulations? Yes. I actually just got that as kind of an, uh, an early birthday or an early Christmas present, late, late birthday present from, uh, my brother. We both, you know, I'm a pilot, but my brother, I have an older brother in law school. Uh, he's also really into, um, flight simulators and, and flying. And so he got me a setup of, you know, the yoke and the rudder pedals. So we've been playing, you know, X-Plane and, and uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 uh, quite a bit. Nice. Thing. Yeah. During, during COVID, it's a good way to stay in practice, you know, since True. I'm not flying. I don't know um, if you've nothing. seen those YouTube videos that. of the, uh, the guy that plays as the flight control tower in Microsoft Flight Simulator. But he so, uses yeah. like the actual lingo because that's what he used to do. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like he's like role playing so hard and all these people are just like flying in circles and like doing the <laughs> insane shit, like taxiing across the entire airport. And he's just mm -hmm. keeping it so straight and so cool the whole time. It is the funniest thing that I think you would get even more enjoyment <laughs> out of than I do. So oh, good. Man. Yeah, I think I think I do know who you're talking about. And it's yeah, it's a it's a trip, man. It's so funny. I just watched the documentary on the Microsoft Flight Simulator. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Was it a no clip? It was. Nice. It was a no clip. Yeah, I'll send it to you afterwards, Cameron. You might enjoy enjoy it. It was. Uh, they went in depth on the technology and whatnot behind the game. Anyways, um, I kind of wanted to jump into your new music, if that's all right with you. Got to talk about music. That's <laughs> that's probably why most people are listening. We just went off on space for a while. So yeah, and we all already right, told them that we're not. Here. We're not talking about holidays, so the only other thing we could talk about is music, so we'll get to that. <laughs> so, Cameron, dude, you just came out of a five-year hiatus releasing a track called Over Again, and 
My only hope is that if you tour with a live band, maybe you take on a name, something like Cameron Bird and the Final Frontiers or something like that, <laughs> sort of fuse both of your worlds. Other than that, I mean, the vision is 100% solid. I, I love everything about it. So I kind of want to just hand it over to you yet again and just let you take the reins. I'm curious to know why The Return, why this song? I'm sure you have other songs that you wrote as well. And just everything you could tell us about the track, man, because I really do love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a it's a hard question. Um, I really so of course you know while I was in college, I uh, still worked on music. I, it wasn't like I just left Hollywood ending and, and touring and making music and writing, and I was just like, nope, just gonna forget that. Um, I actually ended up getting after my first semester in the dorms. Um, I got a two bedroom apartment just so I could have one bedroom as my music studio and then the other, uh, you know, for sleeping. So, um, it was a big part of my college career, just, just making music. However, um, it, it was kind of a different mentality when I was writing the music, it became more about writing for myself. Um, you know, more of a, I guess a therapeutic experience and just kind of seeing what, what would come out of it uh, rather than the pressure of doing it for a job. And um, even though at Hollywood ending, we did a pretty good job of keeping the music about, you know, be genuine, keeping it about what we were experiencing and personal. And we wrote our own songs, you know, at least after the first couple of months um, it was nice to do stuff and, and doing writing by yourself is also a whole different world. Uh, it's, it's different when you don't have other, it's harder for sure, but it's different when you don't have other people to bounce ideas off of. And, uh, that kind of confidence that comes with, with putting out music with a group, with other people to, to kind of lean on. But, um, but I didn't release any of the music. So I wrote a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of unfinished demos, a lot of, uh, I was really into electronic music, especially at the late later years of Hollywood ending. So the early years of college, um, and being in Miami, that influenced my music a lot, but, uh, but didn't put anything out. And I, I think for a while I struggled with, if I was ever going to put anything out, um, I, you know, I, I knew my career was kind of shifting from music, so I didn't have the pressure to, and there's also nerves with putting out something solo. Uh, but in the end, you know, my friends were very supportive. They just kept saying like, there's just no reason for you not to put out music. Um, you know, let other people enjoy it or criticize it, whatever. Uh, but just just do it because it's a really cool thing and there's just not really any excuse not to. And so eventually I said, you know what, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I won't be able to put as much time into promoting it probably as I would have if it was, you know, my career, if it was holiday ending um, or money. But, uh, I, you know, and I, as a producer also, you know, I could produce all the music myself. So it, didn't, it wasn't like I had to hire somebody to record the music for me. And that's a big thing. You know, that, that would be a couple thousand dollars if I, if I wasn't producing it myself. And uh, over again, the song was, it felt like the right song. There's uh, kind of getting into a bigger topic here. And I want your guys' opinion on this. Um, I think music nowadays, and part, part of this is probably getting older, but music has started to lose some of its emotional uh, power for me. Some, so I haven't heard as many songs recently that have been like, you know, in the first 30 seconds, you're like, wow, like I can, this feels good. This is like a good song. Um, unfortunately for me, I think, a lot of the music I've heard, especially pop music, hasn't really had that effect, um, bar a few songs. And so uh, over again, you know, writing the music yourself, it's kind of nice to have a song where you're like, yeah, this is kind of the idea. It's orchestral. It's kind of harmonies. It's this kind of more emotional ballad-like music. And so um, that's when I kind of, after I wrote the demo for that song for over again, I kind of decided, you know, this is probably the, 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 my favorite song that I've written in college. It's the most me song and it feels like it represents me at this state in the current, you know, uh, state that I'm in and, and place I'm in. And so uh, let's finish it and, and put it out. 
Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that if I heard that song sung by anyone else, I still would have been like, this sounds like a Cameron Bird written <laughs> song. Because, like, listen to it, I was just like, this, like, Cameron hasn't changed a bit since I've spoken to him, like, in the best way. This is, like, I don't know, man. You could have easily been like, space is cool, but I don't want to go there. And you could have been like, you probably would have been a huge musical act right now because I think you're that good. But to talk about yeah, stamps all over the track. Yeah, but to talk about what you're talking about about how music today is like less emotional and all that kind of stuff, I feel like it's kind of like today. There's a lot more like back in the day, the singer songwriter thing was so big. Like everybody came. Like I know that was kind of a genre, but it was also like there's a difference between a singer and a singer songwriter, and I feel like especially now you can really tell the difference between a singer songwriter and a singer like 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 when Katy Perry comes out with a new song like you're like yeah the song is cool and even if like it's a breakup song or something you're like it's a pretty generic breakup song just being like I'm sad and you hurt me and now I'm better or whatever but then like you have like a Taylor Swift song or like I'm not even trying to say that one's better than the other but then you have a Taylor Swift type of song and you can feel that like the lyrics are like personal and it's not going through the as many corporate filters, you know, to get to like a certain sound for like the radio or whatever. But I definitely know what you mean. Like there are so, like, I don't know. So like, I feel, I feel like Taylor means what she's singing. And I feel like Katie is just singing the demo she was sent kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and it's it's maybe inevitable for us as we get older to kind of say like, oh, music in my day was yeah. better, or, you know, right? I mean, it uh, was, music but still. With. <laughs> and I, yeah, I will I will go to my deathbed saying, you know, the 2010s music and, and late uh, 2000s was just the best. But um, I think that it's it's partially the, the different genres that have taken over. There's always going to be that level of, like recipe, right? Like I love EDM music a lot. I love electronic music, um, but it has become so recipe, so repetitive. And maybe that's just listening to it more. Um, and I know artists have tried to avoid that. I do. And with, with production becoming more of a solo thing, a lot of big artists are being, being able to release music with like their friend producing it, which I think is great for the industry. I think that's awesome. It's giving people an, an, a, a better identity and less of that label, you know, corporate mentality. Um, but I think we're losing a little bit of the authentic analog sounds. Uh, and I don't know. It's just like the songwriting, I think, is just it's, it's dropped off a bit, at least from my taste. And so, um, you know, I wanted to bring some of that like mix of, I've also been always been a sucker for, for piano and orchestra. Like I love, that's why I think we loved, like, if you guys remember Marianas Trench in the Hollywood ending days, we would always oh, jam yeah. out uh, to, to that because of that. Um, and you mentioned queen, you know, it's like these, these roots of like harmonies, um, the cab. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, string arrangements, um, horns, things like that, but also implementing that with like pop and rock elements, drums, guitar, that's standard drum, guitar, bass, um, vocals. And so I, I wanted to bring that back a little bit, but um, when I wrote the song, it, it never had any, it was no goal associated with it. It was just like, oh, like, let me try to, you know, play piano, mess around with this a little bit. And I was like, ooh, I really like this progression. I like how this sounds. Let me write some vocals over it and, and you know, make these lyrics important to me, right? That's something that I care about. And uh, that's just how the song came out naturally. And I think, you know, you know, when a song comes out like that, it's usually something you'll like because you write it in like, you know, four or five hours. It's like short, you know, even less, maybe, maybe like an hour or two. Um, they tend to be really done really fast versus the songs where you're just like, okay, I need to, you know, I got to go work back and work on this song again. And here's another day. Uh, Some songs uh, write themselves. Right. Right. <laughs> Avoiding trying to avoid sounding too cliche. It's like, I, I, uh, 
I, I think that song was, it was, it was good. It felt right. And it felt like a song that I could just play on piano or just play on guitar and sing, and it would still be enough that it would sound good um, versus needing a ton of production uh, to, to carry it. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think the one thing that really struck me about the track was it, it almost, you can tell you wrote it for yourself, at least to me and whoever listens, that's awesome. But it clearly seems like you're sort of talking to the kid who was 16 auditioning for all-star weekend. Just that was the end all be all. And he never thought that he'd have another interest other than music because music was everything to that kid at that point in time. And then life takes you where it takes you. And now here you are putting music out again. And it, and I, I'm just, this is what I got out of it. It almost feels like you're just hoping that, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but this is what I got again as a listener that you, you don't want to get hurt again or let music in too much again because you know how it could take over as it has once before. And so over again to me has almost two meanings when I was sort of listening to it and dissecting it in the sense that it's like you're, you're, you're starting over with music again but you kind of hope that you don't get hurt all over again by it. And so this, cause the song has a very happy, sad feel to it, but I want to let you take the reins and speak on that right now. But that's kind of when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, I've got to ask him about this when we interview him about it. Cause it, that's what spoke to me about the track and what, what I really enjoyed past your production's always been great. The songwriting's always been phenomenal. I, I want to ask you about your influences after this um, because I'm curious to see who inspired you to give you this unique stamp that I think all your music has. But where, where was I in regards to, did I miss the mark or was I close there? Or what's your take on that? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of awestruck right now because you really nailed it pretty, pretty much on the head uh, with the two meanings part. Um, and that's, I'm impressed that you picked up on it uh, because it's well, I mean, if you look at the lyrics alone, right, and uh, the style of the song, you know, it's about a it's about a girl in in the literal meaning of the song, right? The lyrics uh, are referring to a person, but there is a hidden kind of subliminal meaning uh, to, to to be music, and also my current career of you know going towards an astronaut of this kind of cyclical nature for for. I think everybody can relate to, which is like, you're not always sure that the path you're on is right. Even if you're really confident, uh, even if you're really driven and, and passionate about what you're doing, you're not always certain. You're always going to have, a, you know, a little level of uncertainty in, in your head saying, man, did I make the right decision? Um, you know, did I make the right decision leaving music to do to do space or will music come back to my life? And, and this kind of like, OK, here we go again. You know, it's over again. So, um, so yeah, I think you nailed it on the head, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you were able to kind of dissect it and pick out the, the, not just the literal, but like the underscore. Um, and the song also, you know, literal meaning is still, still valid as well with relationships. I've, I felt this. Um, and I think a lot of people do is, you know, you get out of relationships, you know, a serious one or, or, the, or not. And then you, you know, you, you have a tendency to try to jump into another one. Um, and you're like, Hmm, is this going to be just like the last one or is this going to be, different and so i think um yeah i mean i think you nailed it on the head yeah man uh, it's it's a phenomenal track it, it has so many layers and levels to it and uh the passion really did sort of shine through for me on it and so i gotta ask what is the future plan for you with music are you planning to follow this up did a fire get re-sparked was this attesting the water's ground or is it just like the song says and you're scared to let music in again <laughs> yeah like where's your head at going forward because it seems like once we come out of this quarantine which it's looking better that that's going to happen than it has when we've talked about it in the show as of late um 
seems like you got a lot to balance. So I'm kind of yeah. curious what you're looking at. And on top of that, time. before you even put the song out, I saw the responses to your tweet. You know, there are a lot of fans out there that are still camera bird stands till they die. So like you have an audience there if you chose to just start putting out songs. Yeah. So, I mean, God, I feel, I feel really blessed to have still people who, who, you know, pay attention to my tweets and posts. Um, you know, after five years of really not posting a lot, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have people who are still paying attention. So big thank you to them if they're listening. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think with moving forward, I can't say that there's a, you know, unlike a lot of things that I do in life, I can't say that there's a rigid plan, uh, for music for me. Um, I think that I will always be making music and there's certainly a lot of tracks that I, I could follow up with, with, uh, after over again. However, I would say they may not be the same style. Um, I kind of love, even Hollywood ending kind of did this towards the end, you know, with our last album where we kind of mixed different styles and genres in, in one album. I love making music that's different each, each song. Uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if a, you know, follow up to over again was an electronic song an EDM song, or, um, you know, maybe just more like pop punk vibe. Like it could be anything, but, uh, but yeah, certainly no holds barred. It, it, I might put out something and follow it up. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, the elephant in the room COVID uh, it's, you know, I won't be able to, it's like this kind of battle. And I'm sure you guys feel this with your own music. It's this battle of like, okay, you know, even though I'm not writing music to be famous, I'm not writing music to be successful or do it as a career. Um, you kind of always feel this, this strong desire to want to show your music to as many people as possible. And to feel like if you have a good song, you don't want it to be uh, wasted on, you know, not, not have it get out to people, only be listened to a hundred people. You kind of want it to be as successful as possible, even if it's not for, for business reasons. And so without the ability to tour, without the ability to play shows, uh, which I don't know will be possible for me in the foreseeable future, especially with COVID. Um, it's kind of like, man, like, will I be able to get this song out? Will I be able to do this song justice? Um, how can I promote this song correctly? And, and will people still want to be a fan? You know, people want to listen to my music if I'm not able to have the same level of interaction um, of, you know, daily posts, daily videos, daily, you know, content and uh, all the stuff at the bar is so high now with, with streamers and you know influencers and all that so we'll we'll see i i know it's a vague answer but we'll see um but i think i'll inevitably be making more music fair that's enough yeah, i man, think i think um... that you're i think that you're lucky though also like uh, obviously lucky to have the um well blessed is more the word i guess than lucky blessed to have the audience that is still here that loves you and everything but i think like even more so than that is that not just an audience that's here to support you but it's an audience that knows you already like they've they've grown up with you a little bit so even if you put out a song and you don't post a lot or you put out a song and then you kind of like go mia or something they understand because that's just how you are it's not like they're like who is this guy cameron he just dropped a song and bounced like what the hell like f this guy he sucks <laughs> like they're all like yeah. well we didn't think we'd be getting another Cameron Bird song ever again so the fact that we have one is amazing and we're just happy it's here so I think that like you know you can cut yourself a little bit of slack on it since you know they love you and they know you totally man I, I agree with all that and I think as long as the songs resonate as, as as strongly as this one has at least with me I think you're gonna do just fine and I think you're yet again gonna defy what it is you're going for in regards to seeing more success with your music than you probably planned in while also potentially, you know, going up into space and doing all that type of thing. So I just wish you all the best with everything going forward, man. I think that uh, the talent is only gotten better in my opinion. I mean, 
sometimes you know hiatuses make things stronger this is uh it's a very impressive sure. track um the the last Thank couple you. things we uh we I want to talk about here we have a few set questions we like to ask first of all there's one question we like to ask our guests before we wrap up the interviews but we also sure. I also I've have had a couple this... fan questions oh well, really okay <laughs> only a couple <laughs> do we that's uh that's new a lot of, listen a lot of people asked the same questions so it's like i received a bunch of questions but cool. i maybe got like four or five different questions <laughs> so before we jump into all that cameron is there anything else that you want to talk about in regards to over again and new music and sort of your journey before we sort of get to the back end of this interview here uh, I guess so. Just, I mean, maybe this would, you know, come out anyways later, but uh, just like a big thank you to everybody who's listened to it. Um, I mean, just having people who care about, you know, what you're creating can relate to what you're creating. Um, even, you know, really w- the way I went out with this song was like, if one person can, can be affected by this song, can relate to it, can feel, you know, that feeling that I, I'm always chasing with music, um, then that to me makes it worth putting out the song. And so, um, just thank you to everybody who's listened to it. You know, if you bought the song, uh, put it on a playlist or whatever, um, that means a lot. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's, it's just something you can enjoy and listen to and gives you a little break from, you know, the reality that is, uh, you know, a hard, been a hard year. Cool. Awesome, man. So Andrew, why don't we jump in with some of those questions of yours? <clears throat> okay. I'll start with a casual one. <clears throat> First of all, do you have a favorite Hollywood ending song? Mm. You know, it's a it's a classic question, and I think over the years it's changed quite a bit. Um, now having hindsight, you know, like having looked back on these songs uh, after you know five years, um, some of them longer, you know, if they were put out earlier in the band. True. I think there are some songs that kind of stick with you as always being good songs and and uh, and bringing back kind of good memories. Um, I, I've always had a, a good like a strong connection to the the uh, Anywhere EP. I think that that EP as a whole worked out really well. It was the first out, al- you know, ever album I made that I produced like myself. And so there was a lot of pressure and kind of like, you know, me still learning a lot about production, but I think it turned out really well for something for a kid who really had no idea how to produce other than some of the advice he had from the other producers we worked with. Right. Um, shout out to Christian Metis. Um, and, uh, and and so yes, yeah, so looking back on that album, I think the songwriting is really good. It's very unique. It's very Chris Bourne inspired. A lot of those songs have very unique, right. uh, like "Good Time Girl." Like who thinks of a name like "Good Time Girl"? Um, right. But I think it they, they were all really good songs. Had really good memories. I think the fans really related to them. And so if I was going to pick a favorite song, I'd probably say uh, "Freak Like Me" was is, is up there. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to choose. And I have a huge connection with all of the songs from the, you know, our, our hiatus album, our last album we put out, all the songwriting that went to that. There was an incredible amount of work that went, to the, went into that album. And so, um, and the level of songwriting is just like more complicated. Like we just went, the, the you know, the songwriting, the guitar parts, the arrangement is just a lot more advanced for that album. Right. And uh, anyways, so it's a long winded answer for a simple question, <laughs> but I think that kind of gives you an idea of how I look back at the music. Like I still listen to it and I still have a strong connection to all of it. Um, right. It's just hard to, to peg down a, a one song that I go to every time. Right. Well, I mean, listen, that Anywhere EP still holds up. Mm-hmm. Good time, girl. When it comes on, I can't not sing along to the entire song from front to back. Like, it's an unskippable <laughs> song. It's a great track. Andrew, who'd that question come from, by the way? Let's give him a shout out. Well, I mean, that was kind of like four people asked that question. That's why. Oh, uh, like, okay. And cool. the next question. The next, yeah, the next question is kind of like, 
it's a funny question and it's kind of, I essentially crafted this question from like a few different kinds of questions I got that really all come into this one question and it's a two-parter the first Ooh, question is wow. that's a first that's a first for the show Cameron this is uh this is <laughs> yes. a big deal. the Push first question the first question is the first part is did you have a bedtime on tour and second do you still adhere to that bedtime <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh God. You know, one of the things that, that I was also, me, that was asked by guys and girls, right? Yeah. I mean, the tour lifestyle, man, you guys know it. It's crazy. Um, I think one of, one of the good things that I learned from, from my hot ending days, good, well, good or bad, uh, was how to, to perform on like no sleep. Um, I've always been a really kind of, uh, harsh person when it comes to getting my, my beauty rest. Like I've always liked to get, you know, six hours or eight hours, um, and on tour, that was just really not possible most of the time because you were, especially because we weren't in a tour bus ever. Like we were always in a van and trailer. So, um, you know, sometimes we stay in hotels, but if we stayed in hotels, we had to drive much further the next day. So we would, you know, wake up. And early. then you have, yeah, then you have to leave at six, even though you just got there at three in the morning. Right. It was, I mean, it was just brutal. And of course, you know, we were doing VIPs, we did house parties too on tour. So we really packed it in. Uh, so bedtime on tour, no. Uh, I think I tried to my best. You know, I definitely missed some of the fun nights because of my my inclination to sleep. Um, especially as a singer, man, I had so many rough nights where, especially in the early days when I didn't really know how to sing correctly, um, where I would get. And I have I also have a. I bite my nails, so I get sick a lot. And uh, and as a singer, getting sick, getting a cold is like the worst thing you could do when you're when you're performing. You know, twenty nights in a row for an hour. So. Uh, Eventually I figured it out, but sleep was getting my beauty sleep was important. And, um, now I got a lot more used to waking up early, uh, and, and going to sleep late on a college schedule, you know, with engineering and everything. Um, you know, the standard went from like hoping to get eight hours to hoping to get like five hours, you know, some nights three or, you know, two or three hours and it's, it sucks, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And it's, I think it gets easier as you get older. Right, right, right. Okay. Now I have one generic question and then one specific question and then that's it. Generic question, besides America, where was your favorite place to tour slash where do you want to go visit again? Ooh, um, Japan. I mean, everybody says it because everybody loves being there. Japan was probably the first time I ever experienced like a true culture shock and I loved that. I loved like feeling like I was in a different world altogether. Um, I mean, England, obviously, you know, you have some level of that, but it didn't feel the same. It just wasn't this level of like, where am I? I don't understand the street signs. I don't understand, you know, uh, everything that's happening. And, and I thought that was really cool. It felt like I, there was a lot I could learn from that. And I did. So Japan, I would love to go back um, and had a blast while we were there. Um, yeah. So that's probably it. Okay. Now the final question, I'm going to ask you the question and then I'm going to tell you the answer that you gave me when I asked you this question five or six years ago. Ooh, okay. The question is, Cameron, what's up with the one glove? Okay. <laughs> now, when I asked you that a long time ago, you had just gotten off stage and it was deaf. And I don't know if I've ever laughed this hard after like you ever said anything on tour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Cameron, what's up with the one glove? Like, you, I know you own both of them. So where, why aren't you wearing both of them? And you just said, cause I'm a fucking rock star. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I literally can't argue that because you are. So I want to know if that's still your answer. And if there is a practical reason to love. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, I think I like that answer. I think I, I, I'd probably try to maintain that answer, um, maybe with uh, with more class now. But I think, um, yeah, man. I mean, just because why not? You know, you gotta have you gotta have some some uniqueness to you. And uh, wearing two gloves is too normal. It's too like it's too typical. So why not just wear one uh, and put it on the hand that does all the fun stuff? You know, all the all the the strumming and or all the you know fretting. And yeah, why not? You know, dude, you're also saving yourself a lot of uh you know longevity on that hand down the line as well in regards to like all of the answers that you've given me have basically told me that cameron's gonna live longer than anybody i'm friends with right now so like, you know he's just I'm he's lucky. a responsible guy sweet uh yeah i have a question or two as well cameron if that's all right absolutely uh cameron have you ever met houston have ever met Houston? Like, Houston, yeah. I have a problem. I have a problem. Yeah, is he the HR guy? Did you like? Is that where you go? Oh, man, have I met? Oh, unfortunately, that, I haven't. I haven't met a Houston yet. No, a that Houston is an amazing okay. question, Houston. dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I, for, I think that's usually a good thing because even though Houston, you know, that's Capcom. That's where that's where you talk down to. That's like your your savior savior butt kind of people. Uh, yeah. You haven't had to talk to Houston yet. That probably means you're doing okay. You're you're in a good spot. So I, I'll say. Well, in that case, I hope you never have to. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, and Chris, uh, thanks for that, question, man. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I just you know I have to add a little uh, humor to it as well. Um, <sighs> yeah. But uh, the last question we have is a set question we ask every guest. Cameron, if you had to describe yourself in one word, and of course you can elaborate on that word afterwards, but we find that not only is it fun to put our guests on the spot, but to give them one word to describe who they are when they think of themselves as a creator, as in your, in your case, uh, I would say a trailblazer, what would that word be that comes to mind? Hmm. I would think if I had to use one word, um, probably determined, I think is, is the, the word I would use. Um, it's, it's something that I think I, I didn't really acknowledge or know I had when I was touring, but it was certainly a important necessary value that I had. Um, you know, it, it applied to when I was pro- producing for the, for Hollywood ending, we would have, you know, 13, 14 hour days where I'd wake up, you know, bring my coffee downstairs and just work on my computer on producing a track all day until nighttime, listen to the song, go to sleep and do it again. And we would do that for months. Um, so that was determination. And I think that only reason I got through, uh, you know, engineering and college, um, and, you know, and, and, and ending up, you know, where I, where I am now was just determination. It was just work. (laughs) It was just work. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess I would, I would, if I'm going to toot my own horn, I would say I'm determined whether or not, you know, naturally or, or, or otherwise. Nice. Yeah. Well, I can, I can back up that horn you're tooting because I can say that I would say 90% of the times I would turn around in the van, your headphones were on and you were on your laptop mixing a song, whether it was yours or a Hollywood ending song. And the few times I was at your house in Maryland and I was in the basement again, headphones on. I like, I feel like looking back, I'm like, did I hang out with Cameron ever? Or was he just always working? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the only times we ever hung out were at Tyler's house because no work got done at Tyler's house. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it pays off, man. The the hard work, I think, you know, you keep hearing it. It's becomes, it's become, this thing is, is cliche it's almost like you know okay cool whatever but i think um no one succeeds in life without without hard work and uh the more you you do it the the more you believe in how how much that pays off and so you know it doesn't matter who you are what your background is what your you know uh money situation economic socioeconomic situation is i think if you have like a determination to do something you can make it happen 
Awesome, man. Cameron, this was a phenomenal conversation. It was great to catch up with you and pre- again, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for another amazing song. It's it's nice to get some Cameron Bird music back in my life. Yes. Before we uh, sort of say our goodbyes here, is there any final part of your journey, any message, any last words you want to leave the people with? Nope. I think um, we about covered everything. Thank you guys so much for having me again. Uh, I think, I think, like I said, I'm grateful for everyone who's still, you know, paying attention, still listening to me, um, you know, stick around. I may not be able to post as much or do as much as I have in the past, but uh, you know, I'm still the same person, still doing similar things and uh, you know, have a desire to just, you know, have fun and, and enjoy this world and, and hopefully contribute to it as I can. So thank you guys. So of course, he's determined the people uh, find you, consistent. follow you, and keep up to date. Yeah, I feel a little left out. I didn't put my my at sign in my uh, name here. I, I gotta I gotta give a little <laughs> shout out to my my social media. So um, Twitter, it's at the T H E uh, Cameron Bird B Y R D is my last name. Um, Instagram is official Cameron Bird and or Cameron Bird official. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best places you can you can find me. Sweet. And we'll toss those links in the description as well, guys. So all you got to do is click down below. Yes. And, and of course, while you're uh, listening to music, be sure to type in Cameron Bird on Spotify and he will come up. I can verify that because I've done that at least seven times this week. So that's true. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Cameron, thank you again, man. We really appreciate it so much. This was uh, an awesome time catching up. Hopefully uh, we'll cross paths in the Nexus uh, in the not too distant future. Run yes. some heroes of the storm or something gentlemen yes thank you thank you guys again it's been great catching up and seeing you guys' uh beautiful faces again thank you all keep up the good work i love the podcast and uh and yeah maybe start twitch streaming or something that's the whole thing nowadays so you know maybe um, this uh, i'm getting there dude. Chris can become a can become a game part gamer part uh part of podcast you know listen yeah. when i when i, I get set up on twitch bro i'm counting on you for views for heroes of the storm okay you're, you're, <laughs> you're bringing you me views. Games, and cameron's your way to win those games that's cool, true cameron we're uh, we're gonna toss you to the waiting room for a minute while we sort of say our goodbyes to the audience and, and wrap things up but uh i don't know if you don't got anywhere to be maybe stick around for a quick second anyways andrew this was awesome i'm really glad we did this this was yes this was nice this was like better than a christmas episode it's just nice to reconnect with people around this time of the year and to just you know well as much as it wasn't a christmas themed episode i'd like to think it was a christmas episode as in a lovely gift to yeah all of those listening the spirit of the holidays were alive in this episode let's just say that exactly and, exactly. and so andrew speaking of alive i mean i like to think that you and i have some pulses going on here and we, we, we plan to do podcasting a lot in the next year do we not I plan. I mean, I do, and if I do, then that means you do because we're on the same show. So true. You kind of have no choice. It's kind of got to be a group decision, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know, (laughs) while you're on all those websites like social media and Spotify, looking for Cameron, you might as well look for us too because we're there with him. You know, these are our personals over here. We've got at Talking Podcast for this show, at Talking TV for Chris's other show that I'm on, kind of, sort of frequently, but not that much, but. Still a good time. Uh, and then we're on social uh, wow, social media. I just said that. We're on the digital streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all of that stuff. We're everywhere. You can't get rid of us. Like we've tr- yeah. we I mean we haven't tried to stop, but you know, we took breaks and, and the show would not die. 
So yeah, we're so here no to more stay. Breaks. No more breaks allowed. Guys, this is our Instagram page right here. I'd say it's the central hub, although we do have a Facebook and a Twitter. And if you go to this link right here in our Instagram bio, that will take you anywhere that you need to be to our YouTube page, our Spotify page, our Apple podcast page, Google, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public. Can I name any more? There's so many more. Just go and click that link and find out for yourself, guys. Your support is truly appreciated, especially as Andrew and I will 100% indefinitely, undoubtedly be releasing new music in 2021. There's a lot of things that we're going to be working towards. As Cameron said, it's uh, it's going to be whatever you guys make of it. We're putting the music out there for fun because we love it and we miss it. And we hope you guys enjoy listening to it as much as you do this podcast. So we're going to be pretty relentlessly hyping that up as things go forward. So again, follow us on our personals. Mine's below my name. Andrew's is below his. That's going to be your best place to keep up, not only with the podcast, but with our new band and so many more things that we have planned, guys. Have a safe and happy, healthy New Year, Christmas, holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Make sure it is with good friends, good family. And of course, unless Andrew has anything else to add. Just one thing. What is it? Stay sweet. The moment you walked in, I told myself I wouldn't do it over, over again. I tried to hold my breath, but life just keeps on moving, keeps on moving fast. And this time's not the last time I feel it creeping in my skin, the feeling I need it. Come over and let's pretend it's the first time we've been here. Thought of you leaving. It's not enough to keep me going now. It's not enough. Believe in your home like it's the first time. It's not enough. My luck's played out and all that's left is scars to fade in. Trying over again 